It's finally March and still no baseball. Bequan, cut the music. We are back. Sigs inside episode slash volume 40. Schultz and I here. Nice little duo pod here. Uh, get us kind of prepped here for uh, some of the action that's going to be going on for this next week. And honestly, like this next month, um, to start with some breaking news, not the most breaking necessarily. Uh, just kind of a breakdown of what's been going on in the MLB collective bargaining negotiation agreements. Uh, they aren't happening anymore for now um the last proposal from the owners had a difference in salaries for uh the the biggest issues i guess i'll start there the biggest issue is the uh collective bargaining tax threshold so like the luxury tax and here's kind of why the owners want it to be lower because one it helps to suppress salaries and two Small market teams make fucking bank off of that. So just because the owners disagree with the players wanting the tax to be higher doesn't mean that it's all the owners. There's a good shot that there's like four or five owners of small market teams holding up this because they don't want to lose out on that revenue. Some of the other cool things that they've kind of added here, there's a draft lottery. Uh, There's going to be no more restricted free agency. And what I mean by that is there's no more draft competition tied to free agents. Uh, Universal DH, we might get expanded playoffs. I'm assuming that'll probably happen as a give. Minimums are going to be going up. And the coolest addition, in my opinion, is this pre-arbitration bonus pool, which has been great for the players and the owners finally like moved on it too. Uh, Pretty much what it is, is that if you're one of the best baseball players that are in pre-arbitration, which means all you need to be is a minimum guy, there is going to be some pool of money for you to get paid. Um, So right now the pool sits at $30 million and that's if you're one of the top, let's say three rookie catchers or first baseman, second baseman, et cetera, you'll have this pool of bonus money that can then be sent to those players kind of tied in with that too. There are some uh, incentives towards promoting top prospects right at the start of the year, which is pretty sick. And my personal favorite, which is no matter how long you've been up, if you finish top two in rookie of the year voting, you get a full year of service time, which is pretty big. So we'll eventually get there. The players cannot hold out much longer. You got to keep in mind where they're kind of at, especially since most of the league is on minimum deals. Uh, They're either guys who have just broken into the league or guys who already lost a significant amount of cash during that COVID shortened season. So it should be ending ending sooner rather than later. I'm going to guess in the next week or two, we'll, probably have something once they actually start talking again um and then we'll kind of be able to break it down a little further from there but overall it's it's going sucks that games are canceled but i do think the league will kind of be better off so i think that about covers all the shitty stuff yeah i mean i'm just happy that it sounds like everything is going to be a little more equitable towards the younger guys slash the not as experienced guys yep i'm sure luke vote wishes this happened a couple years ago yeah. That's like the main example where I always like whenever people are like, why is this holdout like a big deal? I'm like, well, because Luke Vote got absolutely screwed because he's not like he's he'll still get paid. He'll be fine. But like he could have made so much more money. Yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, you know, service service time manipulation, that's a pretty common thing. But mm-hmm. with kind of what the Rays were doing this year, I don't I truthfully don't believe what they did with their reliever staff was with any ill intent. Obviously, it helped keep costs down, but their entire 
relief pitcher staff was just minimum guys. Just a constant kind of taxi squad of guys coming up, going down, coming up, going down. So when those types of players cost a little bit more, that's probably not going to happen. You're probably going to move off of those guys. And it's cool too, to compare this to like NBA, for example, because Max Scherzer is leading this whole thing. Chris Paul was leading the whole NBA. Thing. Chris Paul was fighting for the old Max guys like himself, because realistically, like the younger guys, they're, they're in a great spot over there. Like they already had their holdout that got ugly as hell. Um, whereas here, you know, you have Scherzer and Andrew Miller uh, fighting for the young guys. Like they don't need more. Um, but, you know, baseball, if you're a good player, you're going to be really well off eventually, but it's trying to get that eventually a little bit sooner. So that's pretty cool. cool. Pretty That's cool to actually like get to see this negotiation going forward. I guess one last thing too, uh, on this kind of why this, I I'm pretty sure I may have talked about this already, but I think it's worth emphasizing. Like why are they not playing? Like the owners can lock out whenever. So here's kind of the perspective on that. The, you can play without a collective bargaining agreement. Like they can just say, all right, you know, it's great. We're open again. You can play whenever the issue though becomes that nothing is stopping the players from going on strike and bringing all the power back in their favor. So if you're an owner, you don't want them to even start the games. You don't want them to report the games because you are the be all end all. If you let games start, maybe they won't do it until July. Maybe they won't do it until August or September, but unless you have a guarantee that those negotiations are going to go through and the strike isn't going to happen, that's what torches seasons like a delay. It'll hurt certainly, but like what dang near killed the popularity of the league in like the nineties was the player strike where they played this game before they played without a collective bargaining agreement. The players went on strike and then just lost the season, like canceled a season midway through. Like that is the devastation that they were the league. I the, you know, players don't want to do it either, but uh, that's why the lockout was kind of necessary here. So We'll see where it goes. Um, I do think the history exam. Yeah. At the end of the pod. Easily. Easily. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. I I wrote a whole, I wrote a whole paper on this like a few months ago. So it's still, it's still a little fresh, a little, a little too fresh, honestly. Um, Yeah. Away from all that. uh, Maybe some less fun stuff. Uh, I mean, I'll start with the fun stuff. Uh, Patrick Ewing's going to return. That's hilarious. Which is really good. (laughs) For uh, the, for everybody that's not Georgetown, it's a good thing. Yeah, just but, really solid, honestly. Like, I'm, I mean, it, all it does is confirm that even if Laval comes back, Butler still doesn't have the worst coach in the Big East. So, <laughs> true. I mean, small victories, but definitely something I can take solace in for a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the good, the good news, and then the bad news is the dogs are. Uh, it ain't pretty. Yeah. We don't even like the it's March, so they're they're for close. <laughs> we're 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 close to being able to put this put this one to bed. Um, I mean, if you look at the season, especially the like the last February, so pretty much yeah, the last month, Butler could have easily finished. Let's see, we were eleven, we were eleven and ten going to the Xavier game that we lost by two. So from that point on, we lost by two, lost by three, lost by two. So obviously, yeah picking little or picking it apart but like even if just looking at that if two of those go our way third yeah 13 and 11 with uh one like two, a five three, we're like a 500 five, team. five six seven seven games left 
and wins over like Xavier Creighton or St. John's. Those are good wins. Like that's a saw. And then I'm honestly happy that we lost these games because it just proves the, or furthers the fire that Laval is going to get fired. But overall I've actually been not happy with the end of the season, but it's been encouraging at least to see some of the guys, the younger guys, especially like Jaden and CMOS kind of step up. Um, and I guess we got Bryce Golden back, so that'll be fun to Woo. fun to see. We got I our mean, big man. He gets he gets a lot of hate, but I don't mind him. If we get a like a solid center in the transfer market that can play good defense, he's a good guy to either either start or bring off the bench. Either way, because he can hit that pick and pop three, he can stretch the floor, he gives you something that a traditional center usually doesn't. So I'm, I don't hate him. Obviously, there's a lot of things that you don't desire from his game. Uh, Mostly the fact that he just like has these absolute bonehead moments. Like he spaces, he must just like space out like three half of like three quarters of the game because it's, it gets ugly. Like you're just watching, like, what the hell is he doing? And then he goes down and throws it out of bounds and then he does it again. And you're like, what is the, like, how is he a senior doing all this? But I mean, I like him and he's a good, he's a good dude. It's fun to see at the bar. So, you know, I'll take another year of Bryce Golden. But, uh, hope, I mean, there's been rumors that people are, or that Collier is looking at replacements for Laval. So we'll take it. Um, I think we'll cross that road when we get there though. We don't need to spend too much more time on Butler. There's too much more exciting things to get, talk about. Like yeah. Patrick Baldwin's end of Milwaukee, both, both parts, junior I, and senior. <laughs> I was saying how like his stock was like invincible because uh-huh. anything he could do would just be tricked off. It's like, Oh, he's got a bad team, but, Oh my God, dude is just not good. I don't think. Uh, do you think he, he's just going to transfer, or do you think he'll? No, go? no, he's. I I think he has to go because next year's class, like, he might not go in the first round next year. I'm going to be honest because really? like, it is that deep. When you consider who from this year's class might be coming back, uh, if you have a shot to go in the 20s this year, you're going this year because the 20s this year in most years is like. Shit, I don't know, 28 to like 40, somewhere in there. So if you can go out and get that guaranteed contract this season, you're you're gonna do it. Um, I think that also might really benefit some of those upperclassmen too that otherwise may not have been picked in certain positions that mm-hmm. might end up going higher. I know like EJ Liddell is an interesting one to try and figure out. I love him. Um but yeah, I- it's hard to see where he's going to fit in the NBA, I think. However, he's going to be a first-round pick this year. Unless, yeah. like, five freshmen decide to put it together. Like, looking at this class, there's there's so many dudes that, like, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, whether they declare or go back. And realistically, it's like, dang near every freshman should go back. But, like, not the most plausible. Um <laughs> What are your examples? Like Kendall Brown, like those types of guys? No, Kendall's good. Kendall's fine. Kendall okay. can go mid first round. Some team's going to fall in love with them. I'm talking guys like Bryce McGowan's. Okay. Yeah. Blake Wesley to a very lesser extent. Max Christie, Caleb Houston, Peyton Watson's a huge one. Harrison Ingram, JD Davison. Um, I definitely agree with Christie. Yeah. Well, it, it's, I think he's. Like he look like if he comes yeah. back if he were to come back and just I feel like he could have like just a stock lifting because he's gonna yes. be a he's a big guard and he could come back if he could just show like consistent shot and just 
improved playmaking ability, he would just mm-hmm. he would probably be a locked in lotto pick. I would imagine. I don't know how old if he's an older freshman or not. Um, because that might factor into the decision yeah. too. But I see what you're saying. Like those guys probably wouldn't be even considered first rounders in like a normal year. Like they just definitely be no. coming back. It would be it would be those kind of late first, early second round gamble guys, like uh, like a Keon Johnson, for example, uh, from just as a last year example. Uh, there's a lot more Josh Primos in this year's class than there should normally be. Doesn't make it bad necessarily as a class, just makes it different. I think another two people, it, it benefits the two guys from Wake Forest too a ton because they might not uh, they might not end up have getting drafted in the positions that they did get picked. Um, and those two guys, of course, Alondis Williams and Jake Laravia are potentially locks to get drafted at this point. ESPN has them as 19. Okay. That ain't bad. ESPN has them at 52 and 53 right now. That's sweet dudes, which is (laughs) awesome. I kind of want him to, I want Laravia to come back just so he has a six senior year. Cause he'll be such a fun college player next year. I don't think he should for his career. Like, if he's got any chance to get drafted, he should do it this year. But selfishly, I want him to come back because that would be sweet. Be yeah, really and it's 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 a cool. It's going to be a cool class to follow, and I think the March bump this season too is going to be a lot more intense than like usually. a Dante DiVincenzo type bump. Yeah, I'm talking like what people were talking about with Hawkes last year, going from nowhere to first round pick in a season. Not Hawke, um, or Juzang. Thank you. I always do that. Um, but yeah, no. I wish Hawk was. I love Hawk was. Yeah, but I don't think I mean, he's too slow. He's so slow. That, yeah, people are recognizing. Um, yeah, enough. I'd say enough draft for now. Um, conference tourneys finally uh, starting off. I know first games for one of the tourneys was I want to say Monday. There's always there's already yeah. been there's been a few. There was a pretty good game today. I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, yeah, it was eight, North Carolina, AT&T, and, well, actually, both of them are really good. It was – are they both in the same conference? Yeah, the Big South. They had two games go down to the wire. One went into overtime, and then the Charleston Southern game was uh, – I don't know if it was a buzzer beat or not, but it was a one-point game. That was an upset, too. Charleston Southern sucks. Yeah. Well, Chicago State won the other day, so – Yeah, that was a conference tournament. That's that's just the waction, bro. You don't get it. Oh, true. Um, it's just crazy. I really hope that I don't know how the bracket works out in the Northeast, but I hope it ends up with Brian and Wagner meeting each other. Oh, I, okay, good. I'm glad you brought them up because I really like Brian is on my teams to watch list just because Peter Kiss. Have you heard about this dude? He's just not been dro- He's averaging like 30 points a game over Damn. the last like couple. Let's see. His scoring output since February. So we'll do since January 27th. 29 points, 30 points, 37, 30, 36, 30, 35, 23. <laughs> it's nuts. I want him in the tournament so bad. They'll be like a 15 seed if they're in. Uh, they might even be a 16 seed. But <laughs> they would be like just seeing that dude just chuck would just be awesome to watch. Because he's just a, he's a 6'5 small forward. I mean, he's he's got good size, actually. <laughs> so they he have scored, uh, scored 23 with 0 for 6 from 3. Oh, what the fuck? Against Wagner. They have a they've got Bryant right now as a play in 16 seed. Yeah. I mean, they're not very good. Wagner is definitely better than them. Like on paper, they have a much better team. Wagner literally beat BCU this year. Damn. 
And I think they played somebody else tough. Wasn't VCU yeah. missing one of their guys? Yeah, they were missing like their main guy. If you follow yeah. me on Twitter, it's Adrian Baldwin, the guy. Oh, I that's said right. that. Yeah. Fan of the pod. Ace Baldwin. Yeah. But I mean, between him and Vince Williams just taking like a giant step, I this VCU team is so underrated in my opinion. Like their offense on Ken Palm is absolutely garbage. Like it's 248th in the nation. But I I genuinely think that's because they were just so bad without Baldwin. Like, um, yeah, they played in the game against Vanderbilt where the final score was 48 to 37. And that was like without Adrian Baldwin. So like those types of games early on in the season are the reason why uh, VCU was just like, why, like, if you look at them on paper, like offensively, you're like, ugh, I'm staying away. But like, I can see them, like their defense is really, really good. They play like their classic VCU defense. And I don't know. I, I'm really high on them for not a whole lot of reason, but I mean, the A-10 has a lot of like really solid mid-major teams, like no teams that are like really, really good, but they look pretty, they looked really good against all the best teams in the uh, A-10 besides Dayton when they got absolutely shit stomped at the start of the month. I think they lost by 30. That was like right after I tweeted out that VCU was going to win the fucking A-10. I remember <laughs> that's, that. But that's the last time they lost, so we're good. <laughs> Just don't tweet that again and we're straight. No, I'm good. I doubled down. I literally doubled down right after it. I'll read you. <laughs> I promise. Um, but yeah, no, I like VCU. But Bryant, like you said, Bryant and Wagner, I think of the really early tournaments, like of all the shitty teams, if you just want like an entertaining game to watch, it'll be that one. And I think yeah. they're one and two, so they'll definitely be playing each other. Yeah, then uh, there's more wins. more Sunbelt tomorrow. Ooh, Sunbelt? That'll be or, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunbelt starts tomorrow. Uh, you, let, let's see. What's the good one there? I guess South Alabama and Little Rock. Yeah, South Alabama's awesome. Um, Arkansas State plays tomorrow, too. They got the late game. So Texas State's actually pretty good. They're 21-6. and six. Um, it's Back-to-back seasons for them, too, right? Yeah, I mean, they're usually pretty good. That's uh, – ain't a punter coach in there? No. No? Where's he at? Yeah. I thought he was at, like, Tulane or something. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Who also, by the way, kind of fun to watch. Tulane? I've not kind watched of. a single two. You're the only – like, I don't watch the fucking American Athletic Conference, and I know the only reason you do is because of Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it's I true. Can't say. They're they're twelve and thirteen this year, which for anyone besides Tulane, it would be like it kind of sucks, but like doesn't That's feel true. awful for them. <laughs> guess, yeah, yeah. So on right after the game, I said doubling down even after that thirty point smackdown, just so everybody knows. So there you go, and uh, it paid off. Anyway, I'm so this is actually kind of interesting, like because Coastal Carolina is not horrible. Like they have some solid players. There's a the Sunbelt's solid um, in terms of t- teams that you'd like want to pay attention to in the tournament. There are none of those Texas state, maybe, but even like, they're just like they're. I think they just benefited from playing like a really shitty schedule. Like, I don't think they're that good, even though they only have six losses. Um, yeah. I gotta, I'm going to pull up the conference schedules that I sent, but cause I have a list. I just want to go like in a kind of a chronological order before we go through the, like the, good tournaments for the mid-majors and also like there's a lot of bubble teams like on the in the mid-major conferences that obviously i really want to make it um 
So a lot of these tournaments are going to be really exciting for that as well. Like the Mountain West, for example, is just going to be like the best tournament of all time. It's probably going to be the best Mountain West tournament like ever. Because there's four teams that on paper should all make the tournament. And then there's like two more that are like just dark horses to like upset teams and like also win the tournament. So the four that are going to make the tournament are Wyoming, um, fucking Boise State, San Diego State, and Colorado State. Yep. So the, those four are all really fun to watch. Wyoming's probably r- sitting at the farthest part of the bubble. Like they're in right now, but not in, in. Um, and then the other three, I think are pretty solidly in at this point. So Wyoming's going to need to like, make sure they don't lose to any of the shitty teams. If they beat Colorado state or any of those, like, I think they'd play Colorado state. I don't know if their tournaments solidified or not, but they need to probably a Q1 or a Q2 one in that tournament to really solidify themselves. But then there's teams in the mountain West, like Utah state and Fresno state. And those are both really fun teams to watch. They have elite scores at the college level. Yes, and, they do. Um, Orlando Robinson and yep. what's the is it Bean? Jake Bean. Jake Bean. Is this Jake? Yeah. I'm pretty He's sure filthy. Jake. He was on my that... uh Midway All American. Justin. Which, Justin. I, I feel like they fell off a cliff. They did. What a... Oh wow, they no did. Idea. No idea what happened. Did, were there injuries? There it doesn't look like there were any injuries. Okay, I mean when you look at like their first four losses. Uh, like after that New Mexico game, you have a five point loss to Colorado State, two points mm-hmm. to Wyoming, seven points to Fresno, and then three points to Boise State. Like, oh, and then they sh- they like blew out San Diego State. I th- I think they just uh, there's a Nevada loss in there. Yeah, I guess they don't really have any horrible losses. They just weren't good enough to beat any of the good teams. Yeah, and they lost to UC Davis. Oh gosh. That's not ideal, but yeah, I mean, so anyway, that I like, we've kind of just highlighted you, we emphasized it. Um, that's a team that could potentially make a run in the tournament and steal a bid and either knock Wyoming just straight off the bubble or knock one of those teams that's like sitting on the bubble. Let's see. Who does Lenardi have on the bubble? Their last four in right now is Memphis, San Diego state, Indiana, and Rutgers. So I guess San Diego state over Wyoming. That's, that seems weird. When did they play each other? Uh, he has Wyoming making it. Yeah, I know. I meant like so, San Diego State on the bubble over. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. So even because they San Diego State had just beat Wyoming the day before he released that, so like this was updated after that lot. So that reflects the win. That's strange. Either way, um, Utah State winning would probably knock. I guess Rutgers technically right now off the bubble, but like any yeah. of those teams. So. If you're any of those teams in the last four buys or last four in being Creighton, San Francisco, Wake Forest, Michigan, Memphis, San Diego State, Indiana, and Rutgers, pray that those teams, that one of those teams that's already making the tournament wins, though. And I guess Is who, it? I guess who of those teams do you, I, I have my answer personally. Uh, who of those last four buys and last four in teams do you think is kind of sweating the most over, over getting jumped? I know who my answer is easily. Uh, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, I mean, it should be Memphis. I'd have to look at resumes a little more. I would say Memphis or IU. So I'm going, I'm going Creighton just because of the injury that they had. Who? Oh, Memhart. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I'm a little worried that you know. Yeah, they, they have they a drop, big game today. 
they yeah, play, like they play they, UConn tonight. They need to be competitive at the very least, or else, like, I it would not surprise me if they aren't competitive tonight if they move at the very least towards the bottom of that last four in section. Yeah, because, I'm not. I'm not very high on Creighton to be honest. Yeah. I've they never play. Had, like, they finish out the season with UConn, Seton Hall, and then the tournament will start too. So, however, okay. So I agree with you on that sense, but they also they have wins over Villanova, Marquette, um, Connecticut. So they swept Marquette, and they have wins over UConn and Nova. So yep. I feel like just that alone should probably get. It sh- that's, those it are should. enough good wins. It should, but I'm worried I, given the injury though that that yeah. might be looked at as I think it kind of should be looked at um, I agree. as a different, there's too much time left in the season at this point for, for people to find things that are wrong with them. And if you have that kind of major injury, like people are going, the committee's going to look for things yeah. that are wrong. So I would say also tonight is a must win for IU. Obviously this will probably come out for after or must win for either of the two teams. Cause both of these teams, it's Rutgers versus IU tonight. So both of these teams are firmly on the bubble throughout the last four in. Um, I'd say whoever wins is probably solidifies themselves into the tournament. Because um, Rutgers, Rutgers should beat Penn State in their final game of the year. Um, so Rutgers, this is a must win for Rutgers, I should say. Because Rutgers has, this is their last opportunity for like a solid win before the tournament starts, for, before the Big Ten tournament starts. Where IU plays Purdue. Um whether that goes well or not for IU, that's yeah. a whole nother story. But they do play Purdue. Purdue's not exactly a juggernaut like we thought they were at the beginning of the season. Their defense, like no I kind of pointed out, is just absolutely <laughs> abysmal. Um, I don't even know why. They have a lot of good – like they have – do you know Do you know why their defense isn't good? I don't get how their defense is so bad because they have big guys that should be able to bang with whoever down low. Um, and then they have just a bunch of like six, four to six, seven, like wings that are athletic. I, think, I don't get how they aren't good at defense. I think a lot of it's engagement on yeah. the defensive end, you know, like I've noticed that with Ivy too, where he'll occasionally just uh, kind of drop off a little bit at times. Um, it's not the biggest issue. It's a little nitpicky, but I'm sure that that does kind of extend over Uh and while, you know, they, they do have a great pair of bigs, um, I don't know how good said bigs are in traditional help defense scenarios versus, yeah. like... I if think Travion asking, moves his feet Travion, a little bit I, Yeah, I, I would say, you know, if I got to trust one of the two, it's Travion, but I also don't think he's a plus defender either, whereas yeah. Edie has obviously the size and length. So that's, that's something to watch is kind of the engagement on that end, I would say. Because uh, they have all the tools, um, yeah, and of course the offense too can go off. I mean, the offense whenever. is statistically the best offense in the NCAA at the moment, so yeah. that's definitely not the issue. Um, yeah, what would you if your painter would would you maybe consider putting like switching up the starting lineup? I don't know, like I, I'd roll what with you it. would even I do. Mean, I think I think you have to roll with the punches. Right yeah, like I don't. I think they're I, just gonna I, have to like bank on blowing you gotta go teams with it. or just like, like outscoring you, you, teams. And, and you know, when you look at some of their losses too, like they've got what one bad loss to I don't know if we want to count the Wreckers loss as a bad one. Yeah, that's their, right, that's they, their lowest two, ranked loss. Two two bad losses. They got the Wreckers loss and then Michigan beat them by twenty four. I'm pretty they sure Ivy had an absolute, Michigan. I'm pretty sure Ivy had a stinker in that one too. 
Like I know he finished with 18, but I'm pretty sure it was on like two or 13 shooting or something like that. So six of 13. So that wasn't it. But I, I wouldn't, we'll, we'll, I wouldn't change anything with them though. Honestly, like I think you can't change the identity of that team. Um, you need to blow teams out. And I do think too, we're kind of nitpicking a little bit in that they will presumably be playing better competition in this big 10 tournament. than I would say a decent chunk of the teams that they're going to get matched up with in the first two rounds or so. True. And they're an absolute matchup nightmare. Yes. Um, so interesting. This, this will be the last point, um, about Purdue and then we can move on because they're obviously not in the bubble. Uh, I'm just looking at so the only when Purdue is held to under 70 points, if they score 69 or lower, they've lost every single time. So all of their wins have been they've scored above 70 points, which is pretty crazy. Um, and that also kind of hurts them in a tournament aspect just because the, the um I don't know, the possessions are gonna be a lot more limited. The games slow down, obviously it's playoff basketball, that's how it's always gonna be. So that's something that's gonna be a little concerning about Purdue, but I mean, their offense is so efficient. They have so many ways to get buckets and they can do half court really well with their fucking big guys running the uh, offense. But I think that's something to note um, that they kind of need to score to win. Otherwise they can't, they can't afford a, a defensive showdown. Anyways, let's see what, which one should we talk about first? Let's talk about the SoCon. I think the SoCon is going to be a fun tournament to watch. Um, and that one starts relatively soon, I believe. Let me double check. SoCon, you at boy. Why can't I find it? Oh, here it is. Okay, that starts this. So yeah, it starts on Friday. Um, so pretty much, I'm looking at the SoCon. Do you know who's in the SoCon, or should I? Yeah, yeah. Remind I mean, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to remind kind of everyone. Yeah, I'll remind everybody. Fuck it. The, right. Of the top guys. So if you guys aren't as invested in college basketball as I am, the SoCon has been like consistently one of the best conferences for mid-major teams. This is Wofford's conference. They won't make the tournament this year. Or they shouldn't make the tournament this year. They still could, but they're not one of the favorites. Um, so the top two teams in the SoCon, which I both think both have a pretty good chance at making not a big run, but like a they could sweet 16 would be awesome. And I think they either team could probably have a chance of doing that. Or Chattanooga and Furman. Um, Chattanooga's just been I don't know if you've had a chance to watch them at all, it's but they've been they're really fun to watch. I've heard a lot about them from me. <laughs> well, no, no, not just you, just really? in general, too, from some of the okay, other good. college basketball content good. I've been good, taking. Good, good, in. Good. So they just got Sylvia de Suso back, who is their transfer from Kansas. He's their center, and they kind of went on a little skid. Um, and by skid, I just mean two losses in a row, um, February 17th and 19th to Greensboro and BMI. Uh, but they bounced back. They beat East Tennessee State, which is consistently a pretty solid program, too. Bo Hodges uh, came from there. And then Samford, who eh. I think they're from Birmingham, Samford. But anyway, they have him. And then they have this guy, Malachi Smith, who's absolutely electric. He's he's their go-to scorer. He's really fun to watch. Um, in the tournament, he's going to be like the number one guy to look out for on this team if they make through um and pretty much the entire offense kind of runs through him between him and david jean baptiste love that name uh i think this team is really going to be really fun to watch and i definitely i i hope they make the tournament because i think they they're going to be able to make some noise and likewise with Furman, honestly um and they're Furman's really well coached 
Um, Bob Reiki, Richie Reiki, I don't know how to say his name. He's been getting firm in like in the conversation every year for the past, like, I don't know, five years, however long he's been there. Um, and Furman's actually a top 25 offensive team. So they're another team that's really fun to watch. And one of the biggest things you want to look for is let's say they get matched up with a team that's like in the fifties to sixties on defense in Ken Palm. That's like pretty much you put them on upset alert immediately. So Furman between Furman and Chattanooga, one of those two teams can definitely fall off an upset. Um, so pretty much if you're watching the SoCon, and you're watching one of those two, or you flip it on and one of those two teams are playing, just pay attention a little bit, then you'll have a bit of an idea of what to expect from them in the tournament. Otherwise, I wouldn't expect any of those other teams to make noise in the tournament. No, oh. and uh, right now, too, they only have uh, the automatic qualifier making the tournament as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah they don't there's have... no way they're getting, they're not getting anything else. Yeah, no. Chattanooga, I'm pretty sure beat, they have a good win. Who did they beat? It wasn't Kansas, was it? No, that was nope. Dayton. It was VCU as well. Okay. Okay. <laughs> My um, team. That was without our boy, though. Yeah, and that's all that matters. Um, lost to, they lost to 11 by Murray State, but I watched that game and it was a lot closer than that score appears. Oh, Speaking Jackson of Murray State, State, sure. to, Murray State. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to get – I'm just kind of going through each – other one like beneath them to see if any of them catch my eye before we go and talk about Murray State. Um, just wanted to say that uh, Jackson State is a they're nine and eighteen now, so that's not they're good. on the they're on the come up. Um, <laughs> I gotta see if Malachi is even playing. Uh oh, he is playing. He's playing now. Yeah, he's played in twelve games. He's averaging six points a game and shooting thirty percent. Wonderful. That's kind of that'll be fun to follow if he continues. Yeah, yeah, a little two sport athlete. Um, uh, are we on to Murray State now? Is that we can do that? Yeah, OBC. is that what we're doing? Yeah. yeah. If you have not watched Murray State, uh, you've missed out on a lot. I think I've caught one of their games, if not two. Um, just it's a good team. It's a really good team. Um, it's it's a shame that they might get discounted because of what conference that they're in. But this is uh, – I like Murray State a lot. Mainly yeah. Tevin Brown. Tevin Brown said so KJ Williams is awesome yeah. too. He just won player of the year in the OVC. So in my ideal world um, – Belmont plays Murray State in the championship and Belmont wins, so they both make it because I think Belmont's also really good. I Belmont has some good ass wins. Um, they beat Furman, they beat Drake, they beat Iona, they beat St. Louis, they beat Chattanooga. That's clearly a team that can win a game in the tournament, and I'd like to see them get that opportunity too. However, and well, not however, I, I don't think that would if they beat Murray State, that won't cost murray state a bid so yeah it might especially, cost them a seed but espe that's especially it. like murray states beat them by 22 yeah <laughs> and 27 i was gonna follow it up with yeah. i don't think belmont's gonna beat them because murray <laughs> yeah. state's like murray state's just like an actual good team they're not like a mid-major good team they're just like legitimately yeah. very good which is awesome i will say um, though that that iona win is a very uh that's a solid one. Oh, and they beat – I don't know if you said they beat Chattanooga, but – Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if 
Belmont okay. didn't. I mean, they they didn't do a whole lot wrong. Like, which sucks. <laughs> They're twenty five and six. They their worst losses to their worst losses to Moorhead State, and they're probably not going to make the tournament. They have six losses: Moorhead State, Ohio, Dayton, Murray State, and LSU. Like those, those are all ranked really like yeah. They lost to four tournament teams and or, and Moorhead okay, State, who's three tournament tw- teams too, and who's twenty one and ten right now. Yeah, I mean they they don't have a bad loss on them. Ohio is a solid team too. They're the best, yeah. second best team in the MAC. Speaking of which, we, that's yeah, a good I was, transition. I was going to say that back tournament is something I have very much been looking forward to. Yeah, that's a, on my note sheet as well. I love the MAC, and it's, there's no. I don't think there's a clear answer this year. Oh, there is. There is. It's Toledo. Look at Toledo. Like, just look at their. Um, I mean, they're head to head against the other good teams in the yeah. MAC. It's unbelievable. They just beat the shit out of Buffalo at Buffalo yesterday. And Ohio has been like consistently the second best team in the conference this season. And they went on the road and beat Ohio by 18 and then beat them by 15 at home. You're uh, you're missing a team. What am I missing? One, one certain team on an 11 game winning streak in conference right now. Who is that? Kent State. Kent State. Kent State has won yeah. 11 in a row. They are with... hot. Yeah. Uh Wins over Western Michigan, Bowling Green, Miami, Eastern Michigan, Bowling Green, Akron, Toledo, Ohio, Ball State, Central Michigan, Northern Illinois. Their last yeah. game is a uh, Friday versus Buffalo. Um, I was shocked because, like, I watched them a little bit earlier on, and they had some really, really close losses. Um, like they lost to Ohio the first time by eight. They lost to Central by three. Um, it seems as if they've flipped the switch. I'll, I'll catch the Buffalo game on Friday night to kind of get my get my feel on it. Um, but it has been rather uh, crazy to kind of my, – my dad's kind of been bugging me over it. He's like, yeah, I thought Kent wasn't that good. And then all of a sudden I look and it's like, holy shit, they've won 11 in a row now in conference play. Um, hey, I mean, they're getting hot at the right time. That is for sure. I, yeah. Like the Max always a fun tournament to watch, so I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to keep track of it this year. I think for the Max sake, if they want a team to make noise in the tournament, it's going to have to be uh, Toledo. But you know, as hot of as hot as Kent State is, they could easily win a game yeah. as well. Um, I just think top to bottom, Toledo's rosters rosters a little bit better. They get a lot of. Oh, I wish Jack was here. So there's this dude named Cooper Jacoby mm-hmm. and Jack and I watched him play. Um, who did he, he play Caleb first in high school Dang. and uh, Cooper Jacoby, I think had, he had 24 at half. I remember that he was, just, he's a mid range God and he plays for Toledo. He doesn't really play, but that's why I've, that's why I've been following them for a little bit, but Cooper Jacoby, he's a, he's a Hooper shout out Cooper Jacoby. He plays like five minutes a game, six, six freshman. Friend of the pod, not actually. Another all pod team. I guess all we pod can. team. Oh, we, gotta, shit. We, we'll, we should. Should we we'll debut our or should we wait on that? Um, I feel like we need to. I feel like we need Kylie for that. Yeah, he's a part of it. Wait. Yeah. So to look um, forward to. We'll we'll release that on Selection Sunday. That'll be our first thing before we do our reactions. There we go. We'll do our all pod team. That's. I think that's something to look forward to for everybody involved. Easily, because like there isn't, like. 
we'll, we'll each make our own kind of like what we do with the all American teams, but mm-hmm. uh, there's no, like, there's no like rationale behind it. It's just oh, literally no. like, I like this guy. Therefore he's, he's on the team. So I'm, it's, I'm the Jack, it's the Jack Hallinan method of he, he, a hooper. he got yeah. that dog in him. It's literally <laughs> the, he got that dog in him first team for each of us individually. I, uh, I guess let, let's go from one Mac to another. Uh, I got to rep my two teams. Like the I own a, the Mac. Uh, Iona had some major slip-ups. Uh, it sucks because they were actually on their way to an at-large bid. Yeah. And then they lost by 11 to Niagara, 6 to Siena. Yeah, that was it. You know why uh, that happened? Because that dude on Twitter came at me telling me how good Iona was. Yeah. Well, that Never and talk at me I, like guess, that again, buddy. I guess each season there is a trip to Buffalo that Mac teams will take in which you are staying up in the Buffalo and Albany area and you're going to play like three games up there in about a week. So they won the first one against Canisius. They lost at Niagara on the sixth and then they just stayed up there because it's a long ass ride. And on the twelfth, they lost to Siena. So I guess that uh, that's kind of historically, it seems as if that Buffalo trip is what ends teams' undefeated runs within conference pretty consistently because of how it's scheduled. Um, That'll but also outs- be on the test. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Outside of that, though, I mean, they've got two games left. They play at Manhattan tonight and versus Quinnipiac on Saturday. Uh, Quinnipiac sucks. They all suck. Everybody in this conference Everyone. sucks besides besides Iona. And like Mankind. I Monmouth is all right. We'll give them a little credit. I, I think Iona is like a legitimately good team too. Like this is yeah. It will be a shame if they don't make the tournament because I truly believe this is a team that can take one to two games once we get into tournament play. Especially because I think they'll what let me see what they're what line they're on right now. Uh they're on the 12 right now. Yeah. So here, here we go. So they have them playing Texas in round one in Buffalo. I would take that. <laughs> and then they will play the winner of Providence and Chattanooga. Like we're playing Chattanooga. Yeah. Like my boys, it, the Mox. Yeah. It seems it it seems doable though. Like oh, it's no. very... I, I think they would. That would be that would be an easy. That would be a heavily favored game. I'd yeah. say. I think Iona would. I'd say. I bet they have they'd have a lot of money on them. It'd be a lot yeah. of money on the Iona side of that. I, I've been kind of thinking to too, just Jesus. in regard to uh, in regard to Providence. Um, it's going to be the most popular upset pick. I know yeah. it is because they're and not I that think, good. No, and I think for that reason, I might not take it. I might take the upset pick by picking Providence <laughs> against whoever their first round opponent is at this point. Because I'm thinking like you can't get too cute about it. Yeah, you gotta think like, like remember when was that? It was our freshman year. It was. Minnesota versus Middle Tennessee State, and I don't think a single soul picked Minnesota in that game. And Middle Tennessee State blew them out. And then they got their shit rocked by Butler in the next game. But yeah, I mean, I, I just—it's games like that, dude. It's just like it's, they're it's just tough. so obvious. It's just like there's no way, and then it yeah. still happens. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm gonna try not to overthink it, but uh, 
Yeah, that's that's all we got on the Mac for now. Both Macs. Um, I got. I have two more conferences that I want to touch on. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Do you have? Are there any conferences that I'm gonna? The two that I'm thinking of right now are uh, Conference USA and shit. What was the other one? Oh, it's not even a conference. It's just a team. So we'll do the team first. It's Towson. Okay. Um, and they're actually like really good. They're 64th on Ken Palm right now with a top 36 offense and around a top 100 defense, which is about equivalent to most like top 50 teams in the like tournament already. Um, they're, I don't know what they're projected to be seed wise, but they've been absolutely dominant um, for a majority of the season. They had two slip ups, one against UNC Wilmington in overtime bet on that game and then Northeastern and did not bet on that game. <laughs> and I mean, they played Ohio state really tough, lost by 11 there, lost by 10 to San Francisco, um, beat New Mexico, beat Kent state. So they have some solid wins. They beat Navy who beat Virginia. So by, uh, <laughs> by, tra- win by the, the transit of pro- no if they no that's illegal <laughs> would that be better or worse than georgetown last year i, I think it's a legitimate a better conversation in, better or worse in terms of like impressiveness uh, yeah it would be more uh, okay. impressive georgetown was more impressive okay, for sure yeah because virginia was a top 25 team coming into the year and the acc does cool. not deserve five teams in the tournament i don't know who even who's in the tournament right now for them but fuck them i hate the acc the only team that I like in the ACC that's not Duke I is uh, say Virginia Tech, and they're I'm not a little surprised. The and they should like, oh well, yeah, no, I I like Wake. Sorry, Wake, I want... Wake should make the tournament. Wake should the fact that Wake's on the yeah. bubble is horseshit. They're so, they're they're better than like the well, other four teams that or the other three teams. They had some Duke. shit though. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, it's really that's more just like me saying that because I like yeah. Wake Forest more than those other. Teams. No, I got you, but it is kind of <laughs> hard to get past the. Uh... 11 points to Clemson on the 23rd. Uh, they got swept by Miami. They lost by 24 to Louisville. That's a disgustingly bad loss. I, that was probably before Louisville I screwed up the off. math. It's actually four. I've really screwed up the math. Good Lord. Wait, what? Yeah, it's four. You, they had a four-point loss, not 24. I had a geez, lot of, that, I had a lot of numbers. <laughs> I think I saw the 92 that... They lost by 18 to Miami the game after. So I think I saw 92 to 69, which is still I, I'll, really I'll bad take it back, actually. So, Miami's not bad. No, but there like, was some Miami I don't think, right there. I don't think Miami's even in the conversation. I like Florida State. They're 15 and 13, but I'm always very partial towards they got some guys I mean, on there. Yeah, they're freshmen that if, when they return, which they should return, I don't yes. see any of them getting drafted. They're gonna be really good next year. I think they should be. The only one that might go is John Butler. They have Butler and Cleveland, right? Those are the two guys. Yes. Cleveland was supposed to go this year, um, like late first to mid second before we kind of knew the quality of the class. Um, but John Butler, just as a player, is very uh, extremely appealing considering he's seven foot one and moves how he does. Uh, it's, it, it's a cool guy to watch. Um, for Duke's sake, I hope he doesn't stay. But for the ACC and just watching college basketball, I hope he does. Because like he didn't get, I th- feel like college basketball fans deserve to see those types of guys play. Mm-hmm. Just because like I didn't watch much Florida State. The only game I watched of them was the Duke game, and that's the only time I think I watched Florida State all year. Anyway, just to touch up with Towson, just be aware 
I think they have a pretty good chance at upsetting whoever they play in the first round. Um, let me double check where they are in the bracket right now. Uh, they're a 14 seed against Nova. They will not beat Villanova, so don't bet that one. But subject three, to change. Yeah, I mean, three line, three to if they could move up to the tw- a 13 seed and play who are the fours, I could see them being in a four. Depending on I who could, they are. I so the fours. Oh, UCLA, they would smoke UC, not UCLA. UConn. I could see them beating UCLA. Dude, the fours this year are and UCLA, Providence. UConn, Providence, and Illinois. I think Illinois is like head and shoulders. Illinois, well, Illinois is not a fours. They should be a like, two. They're really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also UCLA are just absolute frauds. I want that on record. We gave yeah. them so much praise for a team that returned. A, this is a team that returned everybody that made the final four, but before they made the final four, this was a team that barely made the NCAA tournament. I think they were a playing game. They were a playing they game were. and they were all, they were, they had to go into overtime against Michigan state just to make it into the fucking tournament. Yep. So, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Juzang's awesome. Love Haquez. They have some, they have some guys, but this isn't a team that like they, they showed it's not like these were all freshmen last year that grew into good players. These were like sophomores and juniors last year that, like just have been like they haven't gotten that much better that they deserved a top four ranking. I don't think at the beginning of the year. So I think where they are right now is about fair. I have a fun stat on my favorite UCLA player, Peyton Watson. Uh, <laughs> Has he scored yet? He has made three field goals since the start of February. Uh, if you include through January 29th, that number goes up to four. He's shooting. 30% on the year, 29% from the field. My apologies on, uh, he has three points a game. And he this guy his... could get drafted this year. Yeah. And he, he might get, he'd go in the first round potentially late first, early second. Right. Yeah. Like it would be just so dumb. <laughs> that that should dumb. be your own. That should be your only like <laughs> argument for why this class is weak. Just show yeah. them Peyton Watson's numbers. Well, like not... this guy is a first rounder. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, it's, it's there's a lot more to his game than just that. But like, it's just so funny that this that's a dude that's considered draftable right now. It's it's really funny because like he'll have stretches of game. So like against Arizona, ASU, and USC, he played seven minutes, four minutes, three minutes, didn't take a shot. Washington State, he shoots one for seven, scores two points. Washington, zero for three. Oregon, two for three, and then zero for four and zero for zero. Like, it's. If he comes back, I think he has a great shot to kind of show that he's putting it all together. But it's it's tough. It's yeah. very tough with <laughs> with a lot of these guys. Um, I did actually have a conference that I lost. Um, it's, yeah, I I hate there was the, another one that I was thinking of actually. I hate too. calling the American Athletic Conference a mid major, but like they are because they have they are. three relevant um, teams. Yeah, I mean maybe four, three and a half. If, if you know if, if battle was healthy, it would be four. Oh no! But yeah, um, uh, yeah, no. Uh, I'm fully. I don't know if I've officially announced on the pod that I'm back on the Memphis train, but I'm full on back on the Memphis train. Like, is it because Amani Bates stopped playing? Is he injured? Is a, what's what's his deal? He stepped away from the team. Oh, he just quit. Like he's gone. Good. Yeah, he sucks. And ever since then, uh. Let me see when it happened, actually. Cause, I can uh, tell you when it happened right now. Yeah, if you give me a date. His last game I, was SMU? January 27th. Yeah, and so since Eastern January. Eastern Carolina or East Carolina. Okay, so since January 27th, 
They've beaten UCF by 28, Tulane by 11, Cincy or at Houston by 10, at Cincy by 7, lost to SMU by 16, Temple by 14, Wichita State by 24, which was like it was further than 24 too. They they got out to like a 30 to 5 lead or something like that to start that game. Um they seem to finally be settling into roles. Uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable that it took that long for that to even happen. Yeah. All you had to do is watch Imani Bates play and realize that that dude just stood outside the three-point line, and if he didn't touch the ball, he was uninvolved, and he's just a minus defender. And then he would mope, and yeah. that would kind of be that. Um, With his small-ass arms and his no Yeah. It's the, the testing numbers were hilarious to read about the first time through um but yeah it's it's been cool to kind of get like semi-consistent guard play from them finally like Lomax has been really really solid for them um or more solid than I guess what he was providing before um but there's a little bit more flow to their offense and it it allows Duran to really like Duran has had some insane flashes and it's not even it's, I wouldn't even call them flashes anymore. It's like you can actually see concrete stuff there. Um, he can shoot from the mid-range, which I did not know of at all. Um, like I'm talking like fadeaways and shit. It was alarming to see him even consider taking one of those, and then it dropped. And I was like, that was sick. Do that more. Um, I really like them, and I really hope that they make the tournament just because of – I think the individual talent, like you know how – they're, they're like they're built like an AAU team realistically mm-hmm. I think once March rolls around I do think that the individual talent will play better than conference play and especially earlier conference play when they had all the shit going on with them you know whether it was them lying about being vaccinated causing the Tennessee game to get canceled yeah. to they're just dumb. Amani quitting uh there's a lot there's a lot there um yeah. but I do I'm I'm back. I'm fully back in on that team. I think this is a legitimately very, very talented team. I don't know if numbers back that up, but I know I test for me certainly does. Yeah. I mean, so their top 60 defense or offense and top 35 uh, defense, I think for them to make noise in the tournament, they're just going to have to buy into that defense uh, defensive culture that Penny kind of instilled the last two years yeah. he was there. Like they were a really good defensive team the last two seasons. Um, so if you can kind of continue that into next or into the tournament, I think that's the biggest, I think that's going to be the biggest key to them winning a game in the tournament and maybe even advancing. I could, I, I kind of, I'm with you on this. I think this is a team where like everybody kind of forgot about them after all their preseason hype. And now they're kind of all figuring out. Cause if you look on paper, they're an old team. It's not like they're a young, like no. a young team that yeah, just figured yeah. it out. It's just, I think they didn't know what roles fit each player. Like Landers Noli, I'm pretty sure was at like the freshman of the year in the ACC when he was on Virginia Tech, or it's, it's he was something like that. He was, I think, their leading scorer while he was there. Um, and then they have guys like Chandler Lawson, Lester Quinion, Quinones. I don't know. Quinones, yeah, whatever. Name. Malcolm Dandridge is Malcolm Dandridge. Bob Dandridge's son. Let me look. Yeah, look that. Up. Hold that thought. I want to know that. Is SMU yeah. making the tournament? Are they on the bubble? Uh, SMU's first four out. Yeah. I think Loyola Chicago's cooked personally. Yeah, and I hope I, they are because I do not like the Valentines. Just good lead thing. into that because <laughs> I was just gonna say the same thing. I think the only way Loyola makes the tournament is if they win their tournament because I mean, 
they didn't do enough. They <laughs> they were so close to doing enough because they almost beat. They should have beat Michigan State. That that game they blew. They blew it in like the last like I don't know. That was like painful. Five minutes they blew it, and then they were very competitive with Auburn throughout the entire game. So I mean, it's so obvious that this is a, a pretty good team, but they don't have any great wins besides San Francisco. That's probably their best win, which is stupid because, like I said, this this is a good team. Yeah. Um, and they, so they start their tournament tomorrow and they play Bradley and Bradley's like, Bradley always gives the, like every team trouble. They lost to Bradley at, away. And I think they struggled at home against Bradley. Yeah. They went into overtime against Bradley at home. So like this is, that's their first round game. If Loyola loses, that's a very important game for the bubble and just for Loyola in general, if Loyola loses, that opens up, a, definitely opens up a spot on the bubble because I think personally right now I would put them in over, um, I don't know, probably Indiana or Rutgers. One of those yeah. two, just because metrics, metrics wise, I think they deserve it more. Just, I think they're a better team than either of those teams. But the thing is they rely so much on the three ball. Um, they're, they're a good three point shooting team, but they rely a lot on it. So if those aren't falling, you kind of saw that in the Missouri state game that they yes. lost, they blew that game. Where Cause they were up by two. Yeah. I'm pretty sure dropped like 40. Yeah. That's the thing. I, and, the good thing about this is, like, I like Loyola Chicago. I think they're a fun team to watch. But if any of those top four teams from the Missouri Valley Conference win it, or win it, all four of those teams have a really good chance at winning and advancing in the tournament. Northern Iowa's a really solid team. They have A.J. Green, who is the player of the year in that conference. He was a four-star best recruit ever from them. Um, and then the, I think they – yeah, they won the <laughs> – they won the Missouri Valley, which is hilarious because they started out terribly. They lost to Nichols State in Vermont in the first two games. Um, but they they played somebody tough. Oh, no, they, okay, I, I they lost the, Wyoming. I, I was going to say, I think the tough team was Vermont. No, it was – well, they played Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, they lost by 13. I was, was going to say, Vermont is – Vermont's 25-5. and five, like, Yeah, Vermont's really good. Yeah. They have really they have three really good players. But I wasn't – that tournament, I, if Vermont doesn't win that tournament, I would be absolutely shocked. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm going to say about that. Um, but then Missouri State – we know who we've talked about them with Isaiah yep. Mosley and then uh, Drake Drake's also a really good team. They were projected to win the Missouri Valley at the beginning of the year. So all four of those teams, I think have a great chance at uh, like I said, make, making the tournament or winning a game in the tournament if they were to make it. Cause Drake's another example of a team that came so close to like having good wins that would probably make them on the bubble. Like they barely lost to Belmont lost to, by nine to Alabama lost by three to North Texas lost in overtime to Clemson. Like those are all teams that they could have beaten. And if they did, we could be talking about them being a potential team to like upset in the tournament. But unfortunately that's not the case. And these are all four teams that are going to need to win the tournament to make or win their tournament to make the tournament Uh, with the exception of Loyola, they could possibly sneak in if they like make the championship and lose to one of those other three that I just mentioned. And also, shout out the Salukis. They're actually not that bad. And Bradley as well. Overall, the Missouri Valley is pretty stacked, and which is kind of sucks because it's the last year Loyola is there, I'm pretty sure. So they're moving to the A-10. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then uh, two, new right two, ne- two new teams coming up, too. Uh, Who are they? SI- SIU, so Southern mm-hmm. Indiana, and yeah. Edwardsville. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's okay. Edwardsville. Is it? Um, I think the other school starts with an L. Uh, I should know the other one. I remember seeing them and get added. 
like it was uh, the most recent one was uh the new like the the most recent yeah. one was not southern indiana um it's giving me news on the ukrainian war that's just not what i asked for um <laughs> shoot what was the valley conference extension uyc illinois chicago Illinois. Okay, so it's no. Illinois, Chicago. Yeah, they just well, well January. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm talking like new D1 teams. Oh, that's Southern Indiana. Well, no, there was another though. Is what I'm saying. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, I didn't know that. That's joining the Missouri Valley. I don't know if it's joining Missouri Valley or one of the other conferences that lost teams. Um. Did Murray State's leaving conferences, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. This is what this is what it is. I thought I thought that was, but I didn't want to make that with. Okay, so Murray State is joining the Missouri Valley Conference, so they're yeah. joint. They're replacing. <laughs> How lucky for those teams! They, yeah, they lose Loyola Chicago, and they just get another juggernaut, mid mid major juggernaut. Um. Okay. There's one last conference that I want to talk, just touch on, just like to make you and others aware uh whoever gets out of it's probably going to make some noise in the tournament whether they win or just give somebody sweat uh north texas uab middle tennessee western kentucky all four of those teams and louisiana tech maybe uh hopefully for our boy but whoever wins the conference usa tournament is going to be very dangerous especially north texas they're pretty freaking good they're like they're defensive teams, so they're not that fun to watch um, in, like, a traditional way, like, just watching, like, fun, fast-paced basketball. They're the slowest – they have the slowest tempo in the NCAA. Um, but that kind of works to your advantage, like I've said previously in the tournament. They're kind of grinders, and I think they're going to cause a lot of issues if they make it. Um, they're 22-4. and four. They're pretty good. They haven't lost since January 6th. They lost one time in conference to UAB, who's – the second best team in that conference. Um, they have wins over Drake. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Their best win is um, UAB. Um, but, I mean, they – okay, that's what it was. They almost beat Miami, and they lost to Kansas by 12. So, I mean, clearly they're a competitive team. Also, shout-out TCU. Not a mid-major team, but shout-out TCU. Shout-out Jamie Dixon. Hell of a coach. Mike Miles. Um, Mike Miles. Beast. He's a stud. Shout out the Storm Chasers. Shout out Barstool. Shout out Roan. Caleb Presley. Yeah, they made it. Uh, I, 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 found, I found the school. Okay. Uh, Lind- Lindenwood. Oh, yeah. Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Illinois, right? Uh, I think so. Either there or Missouri. Um, they're joining the uh, Oh, no, Ohio they're in Valley. St. Louis, I think. They're in St. Louis. Oh. I believe. So they could actually turn into a solid mid-major if they get, like, those mid-tier kids from – that area like that's i think probably it's a untap- great area to be in that's the only other sure. school there is st louis and obviously they get they kind of recruit all over the place so but yeah i think i'm pretty much talked out for mid-major teams i'm excited for the tournaments I yeah think- no uh, me as well this like this is the first year i've actually like like i said followed college basketball and if butler was good that wouldn't be the case because i'd only be following butler so certainly uh a rather nice development. Um, I, know I want to hear your thing... final four picks before we go to. Oh, boy. 
just not yeah. yeah yeah i guess you could look at the bracket or you just give me your top four teams to look at so i'll give you my top four in a second i want to talk wcc really quick i hope it. san francisco makes it they just very to. badly because no they don't they really don't deserve to but i want them to yeah i mean they're in right now uh they're on the last four buys but i just i would like for them to make it they're a fun team to watch yeah like the wcc that's a team, this year is just sick that's a team that's just like metrics wise they deserve to be in for sure and then it's just up in the air whether or not they deserve to based off of their resume because they have wins they have good wins um relatively like they have good wins over some mid-major teams like davidson towson uab unlv fresno state and then arizona state um i mean they've beaten good teams byu santa clara they just it's unfortunate that they got swept by gonzaga and st mary's if they could have just eked out a win against st mary's on the road or at home that probably would have, they wouldn't even be sweating at all. And I also shout out St. Mary's for beating Gonzaga. That was pretty yeah. sweet. That was a great win. Um, it's funny. I had my top four, my final four, and then I looked mm-hmm. up Ken Palm's top teams. Is it the and one through four? It's, it's one through four. Um, <laughs> so I feel I mean, kind of guilty doing that. I, I do think, though, like with kind of where I'm at right now, I think Gonzaga, Baylor, and Arizona are a tier above Kentucky to me. Um I'm extremely partial towards that Arizona team though. I don't think oh, that's really I'm in love with that Arizona team. They they just have so many ways to do it and so many guys on that team and that's something that I really kind of have started to value at this point. Um I think another team that could potentially make a run is Tennessee. Um They've been kind of one of the teams I've been rocking with since the very start. Uh, it's annoying. It's extremely annoying at times. Um, and I think that that like that SEC tournament, I think we're looking at, at an all timer right there. With yeah, I'm not too I'm not too confident in Auburn. Uh, I'll go on the record and say that. Um, Me neither. They've just been kind of flying by the seat of their pants way too much, and it's catching up with them finally. Um, I think they peaked way too early. I, I think I think that's part of it too. Um, highlights. It's interesting because at times I'm like, well, it highlights some of my concerns about Jabari with like, you know, he's finally getting his possessions and he's shooting off of like one dribble or just a jab pull up. But like, he there's not a point guard there. Like Jasper is kind of there, kind of a he's point useless. guard. But he doesn't do anything besides no. not turn the ball over. Yeah, like, that's and the only like, thing that he does. <laughs> like, if that's it's like quality it, to have. But, it's a, like, it's, it's a good quality to have, but like there are so many other like guard heavy teams. I mean, you have like this incredible, like you have the best rim protector in college basketball behind yeah. you. And um, <laughs> just, I, I think the lack of consistent guard play is going to end concerning. up killing them, which is, yeah. it, it you sucks. can't rely on Wendell green to win you like multiple games in the tournament. And that's like, that's what's probably going to end up happening for them. Yes. And like, I think he's a great player. He's never going to be your number one or two he option. He, can't he needs be to guy. be, he needs to be like your sixth man off the bench, which is what he was doing at the beginning of the year. And they'd yep. put him in for like 20 minutes and he'd come in, put, put up 10 points, 15 points. But now they're asking him to play more minutes and get more points. And it's just, it's got not ugly, but it's just like, he's not, he's not a very efficient player. His yeah. usage isn't awesome. I remember, I, I, I got to find the text that I sent about Auburn having like, a one and then a bunch of threes and fours for like yeah. options. It was, it was something along those lines where like 
Jabari in, on a college sense, absolutely a number one option in the NBA. There's, there's no way. Um, I really don't think there's a way at this point, but that, that's a conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> whereas the rest of their guys is like, they're great third or fourth options, but you need someone else, especially when your number one option is someone that's kind of as a, I hate calling him passive, but then also calling him a black hole on offense. Like the whole black hole terminology isn't the best usage, but he eats possessions because like he doesn't know when he's going to touch the ball again because of how, I mean, the guards are self-described as selfish. Um, like that's literally how the coaching staff describes them. Um, it's not ideal. It, it's a it bad shows. Look. Well, no, I mean, he means that as like, you know, know. if they, if they see their own shot, but it, he should just say confident. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, would, I, I feel yeah. like that would do, that would like accomplish would, the same goal. I would get the message home. Um, I guess one other kind of shout. First off, I don't know how UCLA is eighth in Kempom right now. Because uh, they love win differential, and I'm sure okay. UCLA plays a bunch um, of FAF teams and blows them out. And the Pac-12 love, sucks, so they have a lot I, of opportunities in common. I love Tech, but uh, Tech's the team of the pod. But, like, it, it's it's too ugly for me. Um Kansas, on the other hand, I think I, I think I got to give a shout out to Kansas too. Is a potential, maybe fourth, and Duke obviously. Like Duke's yeah. just Duke's the most talented team of the country to me. It doesn't mean that they'll be the best because the talent likes to randomly disappear at times, and that's not a shot at any particular one. It's just Except that it's follow. not. No, 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 not even, not even because like <laughs> I know Keels. It's, it's more so Keels. Keels has been pretty. Keels, I mean, Griffin will Griffin will get his looks, but he's not creating his looks for himself. You know, he's not overly athletic. Um, it's weird because like I say that, but he is athletic. I just don't. He's not quick. He's not quick at all. Um, yeah, he's, he's weird. He's somehow. a weird player to watch. It's I love it though. He's it's unique. I, it's I think. Is it wrong for me to say he's their best player right now? No, I think he is. No, I don't. I don't think that's wrong at all. Um, and it's interesting because, like, as Paolo's – I got to see if stats back this up as I'm kind of saying this. Um, I feel as if as as Paolo's playmaking ability, which is it's there, like he can absolutely play make. It seems as if the scoring is kind of taking a dip off. And like as I say that too, it's like this is a dude averaging 17 a game on 47 percent shooting. So yeah. I feel like he just everybody's like the world saw Paolo just absolutely pop off in the first half against Gonzaga. And then the expectations were just so fucking yeah. high. And um, I mean, he's he's done well. I mean, the only like he's had like two stinkers recently and it was the Wake game and the UVA game. But then he's also had like that Syracuse game was disgusting against that zone because everyone on the team was hitting shots and Keels can Keels can shoot. He can shoot it. I fully believe he'll be able to do that. Um, it just hasn't been falling to the degree that it can. He's shooting uh, 34% of the year, which is honestly, that's better than I thought he would be shooting based on how uh, things kind of started for him. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I just feel like with them, there, there's some holdup for me with them and Houston yeah. I'm I'm just happy Houston's there kind of in that top six Houston, man they're but just always going to be there I'm not going to try to figure them out I don't trust <laughs> them just because of their guards yeah. but I'm kind of in agreement with you I think for 
most of what you said. I think Arizona, if I had to pick one team right now, put a gun to my head, like who, who do I think is going to win the championship? I would say Arizona is my favorite team out of those. I think uh, I agree with you. You just got to look at got teams where if their best players shut down, can they go to option two, three, four? And you, we saw that last year with Baylor. They had three guards that not one of them needed to play well or not all three of them need to play well for them to get through. I think that's similar with Arizona, not necessarily guard play, but just like all around their team's really fucking good. Yeah. Um, so I'll go Arizona. Um, I, I see your hesitancies with Duke just cause like sometimes they've lacked like luster at points, but I think they're, I think they're the best team. I agree. I think they're the best, most talented team in the nation, whether or not they can put that together is another thing. They're a little younger than Arizona. So that's always a bit of concern, but I think Wendell Moore is going to be really important. Yes. Um, he's going to need to bring that leadership and just, I think he'll have to be the closer. I think, um, Agreed. cause he's the one guy that can kind of, take anybody off the, like, he'll be the guard. He'll have the ball in his hands and he can take people off the dribble pretty, pretty well and facilitate. So I think he's going to be important. So I got those two. And then that's where, that's where I get like, I don't know. So I'm still going to lean Texas. I'm going to Texas tech. I'm going to double down on that one. I love my boys. Okay. I, they're just like, they play so ugly and but they're, they're so good. So I don't really get it. Um, And I just love how ugly they play. I think they're going to, make teams play down to their offensive level, which is important when your team's not exactly the most elite offensive team and picking Texas tech pretty much goes against everything I just said in the first two instances, but fuck it. And then fourth is really up in the air. I think Gonzaga is probably the the answer Gonzaga or Baylor Kentucky. I think those would be the three that I consider just off the bat. Um, I don't know. I haven't watched enough Gonzaga play um, recently to like really know where everybody's at on that team, but I know at the beginning of the year, I loved all of their options. Like Rasir Bolt Bolton was like a great option. I think Strother's really turning into a good player from what I've seen, like just in box scores. Yes. Uh, Nemhart's obviously one of the best point guards in the NCAA. Uh, Anton Watson's always going to be a really good role player for them. I mean, they're still, they're good. They're deep. I don't see a reason why Gonzaga can't make a run. Um, I just don't know if they have that winner like they had last year with Suggs. That would be my main concern with them. Cause like Suggs kind of just willed his way into winning that game against UCLA in a lot of ways. Um, and if, for example, if Purdue go, or yeah, if Gonzaga goes up against a team like Purdue, I'd be a little bit concerned because they play very similar styles. Um, and I don't know how Timmy would do with that much physicality down low. Timmy would get demolished. I, yeah. I think, I think Chet could and would play extremely well in that game because like they have no way to guard him first. Yeah. They just like, stretch. They, Chet would stretch out. ED yeah. Or, and do that at, the extremely high level he's been doing it uh <laughs> i just thought about ed trying to guard chat on the perimeter and it made me laugh <laughs> that, that's like a freak show right there um that would be that would be a weird thing to watch <laughs> receiver bolton almost brought them back at the end of that saint mary's game because no one else was able to get anything going uh chat shot three for seven they did a great job of neutralizing him in a way that really no one has been able to got in some foul trouble as well timmy shot two for ten and it really was like Rasir Bolton down the stretch and Strother to a certain extent kind of taking things over uh, and won them back. They got him within five at one point and then it ended up falling apart. Um, yeah. Wasn't there like a charge or something that ended up? Yeah. Strother committed a charge and that kind yes. of killed him. I, I think that was it. I mean, and you know, Nemhard shot six for 18, which was annoying to watch. He'll, he'll do that every now and again. Oh, just one dark horse. I think we could do is, Arkansas as well. I think yes. one through five, they're extremely deep. I, we haven't brought them up, have we? 
Yeah, no. I remember we brought them up early in the season, and I was literally just bitching about how we it doesn't make sense why they're not yep. good. And now they're good. So surprise. Uh, and I think that's a lot down to Jalen Williams just turning into an absolute stud. Like this dude's second half of the year has been incredible. And then JT Note has been incredible all season. And then they're like mid-tier guys like uh, Yamude, Tony, Davis, Trey Wade, Chris Likes, all those guys have just been so much better throughout the second half of the year. And when, yeah, they, I mean, they've been on a great run and they get to finish out the season with two really easy games in LSU and Tennessee. Some really easy, like not that good at defense teams should be pretty much blowouts. Obviously I'm kidding. Uh, but I really like Jalen Williams. And uh, did you watch the UK game? Arkansas UK? I can't remember, but I've seen plenty of Jalen Williams. It was, uh, it was, it would have been Saturday. No, uh, no Jalen Williams was just, he, he took over in the second half. He, he made Sheway look like an idiot on defense. She like, he's solid. Yeah. They just got Jalen like to catch the ball around like the top of the key. And then they just have him take him off the dribble. And she literally just couldn't keep up. It was awesome to watch. And I, so then I was like, how fucking big is Jalen Williams? He can't be like more than six, seven, six, eight. And I look, he's six ten. He's listed at six ten. Like that dude, is he a legitimate prospect? Yes. Yes. Good. Cause um, I think he's, I'm really high on him after watching. I think, him I think a tournament can get him there too. He's also drawn about no bullshit 50 charges this season. So he's like, like I, Silva too. Hell yeah. I, I am not exaggerating that number either. That's awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll have a specific one. Um, but yeah, should be, should be very, some very, very exciting action, obviously coming up in this, uh, oh, this next yeah. week. And then we got selection Sunday after that. So I'm pumped. I think that's all I got. Point. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, that wraps up episode 40 then. Uh, we will see you guys back next for our bracket breakdown uh, as we did last year. It's kind of weird how we're coming up on repeat episodes. Um, That's cool. It wow. is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll make sure to talk about each team this year and not leave off any uh, mid-majors like we did uh, Oral Roberts. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so maybe Sorry, we do. Well. Maybe we do. Uh, oh, last thing. Shout out yeah. South Dakota State. We need. We, I don't know why we didn't mention them, but they're really good. They're, if they don't win the tournament, I'll be kind of bummed. I, I think that's why we didn't mention them. Almost like how we didn't mention Vermont. Yeah, and like exactly. they're just so much better than the rest. Alrighty. Uh that's that. That's it. See you guys next week. Later. <laughs>